This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion, an Indie Games podcast, your weekly source for all the Indie Games news you know and want to love. Nope, that's not it, but I don't care. This week we're bringing you... <laughs> One day we'll get it. <laughs> Apparently. just It's kind of a train wreck. Why not? Uh, we got four awesome Indie Games news stories for you guys today, but before any of that, I'd like to introduce myself, Vaughn Hyde. I am one of your hosts, alongside my co-host, the illustrious Big Josh Boy. How you doing today, Big Josh Boy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, how about yourself? I am pretty fan fantastic now that uh i'm actually recording no issues with it and yeah yeah this time we won't have to randomly stop an hour in and uh redo the whole show yeah yeah this time we won't have to i'm just gonna ignore the obvious contempt in your voice you're definitely not mad at me about that (laughs) i would never be mad at you (laughs) except for all the big josh boys (laughs) also i quick sidebar pretty fantastic does that just mean average like an adequate like what how do you are you pretty not, fantastic are you not sure that you're fantastic like you're almost I mean, it's like there close is that what you're to, to fantastic say? yeah it's like it would be better if i don't know i like had a sandwich or something Ooh, you know I what i mean like too. yeah just a little bit actually i'm fairly do certain have, that after uh we do this podcast i'm gonna eat a sandwich oh, so. pretty good do you have Publixes over there i don't even know what that is oh my I've god i've never heard of that before okay yeah never mind you, it's it's more of a stretch because I heard uh, them talking about it on NBC the from the last week's episode I think it was, um, and Casey DeFrieda is, is originally from Florida, which has a supermarket called Publix, and they make these like awesome sandwiches. So I was so surprised when like a California-based show was like, "Oh, did you have pub subs?" And I was like, "How did they know about that?" Oh, I'm sorry. I don't have the cool sandwich places that the Land of Alligators in Boa Constrictors does. Nah, man. We have, uh, there's there's a place called Hugo's Deli. It's pretty good. <laughs> I know. I'm friends okay. with the son of the owner, so that's wow, interesting. Wow, a yes. VIP. I, not really. We're like, I guess we're kind of acquaintances now. We were friends in high school oh. and haven't spoken to him in years. But every time I run into him, he's like 12 feet tall. He gives me a hug and picks me up. It's pretty intense. Wow. Does he give you a free sandwich? Does he feed you? Does he like cradle you in his arms and then feed you a sandwich? I've never tried to get that kind of special treatment, but Mm. I imagine if I saw him inside of one of these sub shops, yes, that would absolutely happen. I I mean, I'm kind of a thicker boy now, so he might have Uh, issues picking me up. Yeah, I gained a couple pounds. I'm a a little thick boy. It's all these Luna bars. Maybe he'll cradle you in his arms and feed you a salad. That's rude. Why (laughs) would you do that to me? That's just atrocious. I come for the delicious sandwiches, not your stupid ass greens. Your greens. Well, I mean, you put the green. You put the greens in your uh, in your sandwich, don't you? You gotta put like some uh, kind of peppers no. or lettuce or spinach or something. Absolutely not. I'm oh. there for the meats. Just a meat, cheese, and bread kind of guy. No, not even cheese, dude. Not fuck even, cheese not even on a cheese. sandwich. Whoa, get the It'll, fuck like, get out. It'll like get stuck to the what roof of my mouth. That shit pisses me off. I hate it. Oh, nah, my dude. God. All I right. get. 
All right, we're gonna we're gonna have to no, we're gonna have to cut this. I'm just I'm getting too bad. We should probably derail this sub train that you have <laughs> just destroyed. Um, Last question: What kind of meats do you put on your sandwich? Oh, uh, definitely. You say bologna, dude. I'll fucking dude. I fucking love bologna. Oh, oh, you're disgusting. That's my that's my like my my uh, I call it my white trash heritage. Um, I grew up always living off of bologna and i just i can't get away from it it's too good interesting enough the reason i hate bologna is because i grew up eating bologna and one day i thought i wanted a bologna sandwich so my dad made me a bologna sandwich and then i decided i did not in fact want a bologna sandwich because i'm just a contrarian anytime anybody does something nice for me i've got to be like nah fuck this shit so i didn't want to eat it and then my dad made me sit there till i ate it can't remember uh, if I did or not, but I do remember sitting in the dark for a long time. Wow. It's kind of like, man, it's kind of like that, you know, smoke a whole pack of cigarettes, but just a much stranger version of it. Yeah, yeah. So my dad inadvertently made me absolutely hate bologna. Plus, wow. it just looks weird. I'm not a fan of the way it looks. I mean, you could always go for mortadella, which is just fancy bologna. Yeah, or I can just get turkey like a normal person. Turkey? What the fuck? No, not Turkey's turkey. Fucking delicious. Fucking turkey and pastrami and you sandwiches. Get fucking salami, and you, you basically get an Italian sandwich. Italians are the best. Uh, ham? Come on, dude. Come on. What? Okay, look. We... Okay, I'll, I'll admit I like legitimate ham. Like if you get an entire like big slice of ham, you know what I mean? Like. The really big hams, like, yeah, like you the just kill the pig. Thanksgiving hams kind of thing. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah. kind of ham I like where it's nice and stringy. That's the kind of ham stringy. I like. I'll eat Ugh. that kind of a ham sandwich. I, I won't that. eat the, like, weird sliced ham sandwiches. Those, that bothers me for some reason. I don't you like that You are so either. picky. <laughs> yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> I mean, I'm slowly learning each episode. <laughs> like, uh, today, my friend Avery offered me a piece of licorice. That's like Italian licorice, but I wouldn't eat it because oh, it looked like a tapeworm. The Italian, the Italian licorice is kind of weird. I tried um, when I was in Italy uh, a couple months back. We went and it was like a big, or was it was it Italy or was it? Yeah, I think it was Italy. We tried like ice cream that was this licorice flavor, and it was like specific to that area, and it was so fucking weird. <laughs> I like how you drop that so nonchalantly. Oh yeah, when I was in Italy. I well I, I I don't know I I was there. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm sorry, I'm cool. When I well, I mean, I'm really just mooching off of my wife, who is an event planner, and I'm just hopping on and buying a plane ticket and traveling with her. So it works out. Sometimes uh, there's perks, you know. Just gotta I find. can't even judge you now. Now you're just you're just being like frugal. You just know how to work the system. Exactly. That's cool. I mean, I basically traveled to Denmark and Italy for like four hundred bucks because that's all the plane ticket costs, and everything else was through her job. So it's pretty fucking sweet. Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> that you had left for a while. Yeah, remember I wasn't on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for like two weeks. Yeah, I totally forgot about it. <laughs> good times anyway we've been, so what have uh, you been playing yeah, yeah we've been rambling for like almost seven minutes now <laughs> just it's called this. vamping thank you very much we're just getting into oh, the flow yeah. of the gotta podcast get, gotta heat up the oven you know gotta do that preheat uh yeah so I, we talked about it last week but it got cut from the recording so i figured uh, i'd go a little bit into <laughs> it I, I know it's not a it's not a jab at you i just want to actually talk about it um 
So I, one of the Kickstarters that we talked about a couple weeks back, Rogue Book, I decided, hey, you know what? I'm going to actually pick this one up because I really like it. Um, and it was, of course, a card-based uh, battle game. Uh, Naturally. This, of course. It's a deck-building roguelike kind of uh, on the same pace as Slay the Spire, if you're familiar with that. Um, basically, what happens is you have two characters that you choose from, or I'm sorry, four characters that you choose from, and you have to pick two of them. One who's going to always start at the front and one who starts at the back of your party. And essentially, you have the two characters and each one of them gets a certain uh, number of cards that they get every time you start a run. It's always the same cards. It's their base deck. And then as you're going through the world, um, you essentially go vertically. And as you're running up, you unlock more areas. So it's always randomly generated what's ahead of you. And like the below you is constantly moving up as well each time you move. So you only have a limited number of places that you can go throughout the map in each chapter. Um, and so you could either do things such as battling, which will reward you with money in a card you can find gold piles that are sitting on the ground and just go there to collect money you can go to shops you can go to uh gamble to basically spend money for the choice at like random rare cards or rare relics um and then there's story bits which are just like little events that could be uh anything it could be like hey you're losing some of your health but you gained this interesting card or this interesting relic that you can only find doing this story bait um story bit so it's really interesting because you never know kind of how your um, run is going to be, as most roguelikes are. But the interesting part about it is, uh, and I mentioned this when we talked about the Kickstarter itself, is you have these two different party members and their cards, and you build the deck and get random cards that are associated with each character. So each time you use a card in battle, it switches them from one uh, location to the to the next so they basically switch spots they'll if you use one character's card they'll move up to the front and the reason why this is interesting is because then they're open to get attacked but you want to constantly switch back and forth because they're uh each different characters have their own abilities when they you combine them so they have their unique kind of uh combo system so uh an example is the uh, he's like a wolf guy. I don't know exactly. He's got this firearm, and there's this big toad guy. And so if you have both of those characters you're playing, they'll do uh, a combo if you get, I believe it's like four or five times in a row, you'll get to spawn a random summon. And so you keep doing combos, so you want to effectively always combo back and forth by playing one character's card and then the next. So you can get that combo meter constantly running, but you also have to plan out your cards efficient, like effectively because you want certain characters to be in front. Like the, the Toad guy has, when he's in front, he always has two extra block. Um, whereas you might need him to not be in front because you want someone else to take the damage because maybe enemies are going to use a debuff spell, something like to, vul to make them vulnerable or to make their attack weaker and you instead want someone else in the front to take that damage or that debuff so that the next turn your other character could be stronger and vice versa so there's there's a lot of um, unique kind of strategy to it that makes it much different than if it was just the deck building part of it and then you can also as you're going through the run there's like gems and things that you can pick up and socket each card to make them stronger along that run as well so there's a lot of 
uh, variability in the play style of it. So I, I'm having a good time with it. I actually got through, uh, there's three chapters to each run, uh, and I beat it for the first time a couple of days ago. Um, but there's also three difficulties, so I was only playing on the normal difficulty. There's two extra harder ones that I'm going to try out and see how that goes. So I've been meaning to ask you for a little while, and this is specifically based on your expertise with card games, because really you are an expert. If there I, I, if there was one on Earth, it would be you. I would not say that at all. There's a lot of people who are better than me. <laughs> it seems games. like you're definitely just being modest, oh, but no. would you call me a card game fan? If my favorite card game is Duel Ma- or uh, what is it, Duel Masters on the PS2, w- would you would you say that is a uh, that's that that's accurate? I'm a card game fan. Duel Masters on the PS2. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's a really shitty game. <laughs> Duel Masters. Oh, Duel Masters. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it was this old like anime and weird like card game. Yeah. So I think they initially had the card game and like all card games in the 90s and early 2000s, they had to make an anime based off of it. Mm-hmm. And then there's a game based on the anime based on the card game that is actually quite good. I enjoy it quite a bit. I I actually when I bought my PlayStation 2, like, uh, two or three years ago, I repurchased it so I could play a bunch of old games. Duel Masters, one of the games I bought, specifically because it's a great game and it has, like, this cool reflective uh, silver cover. So, would you say that I'm just a massive card game fan because of that? Uh, I'd say you have horrible taste in card games. Oh, that is just mean. I will say, <laughs> I've been wanting to pick up Slay the Spire more and more recently. <laughs> oh, you really Especially, should. It's fucking yeah, good. Like hands down it's it is the game that got me into the whole interest in in card based games and a, a lot of people have been giving it uh credit to starting up the the genre not starting the genre but really popularizing it in you know mainstream media just because of its popular its success um but it 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 definitely is one that is easy enough for you to pick up and have fun with it but takes so long to get really good at and it, it it really rewards you for understanding the cards and how to play the game yeah to showcase your point uh literally in rogue books kickstarter they said slay the spire like 25 times yeah I mean, it was outrageous people people from that community really love this game uh because they're you know they they took a formula and really ran with it and did a great job. I mean, it's it's such a good game, and they're even talking about now. I just recently heard uh, from uh, one of their patch notes that they did you know all those ports and they got it out on all the different consoles, and it's you know it's finally live. And now they're working on adding in even a fourth character into the game and additional like DLC content for later. So there, you can spend so much time on this game. I've spent more than 100 uh, plus hours on this, just that card game alone, just because there's so much replayability and the fact that you have different characters, you have so many different events, different you know card combinations that you can create, different relics that you can get. So it's, it's really good. And like going back to Roguebook, it plays into a lot of that, but it adds, you know, the extra element of having different party members and having to position them in areas and having combos. So it, it really does a lot of, you know, taking that same type of formula and keeping 
that side of the game but adding different elements to it so it's uh both are really good games uh it's got like five percent left for it to get a hundred percent back so if you're hearing this and you think it's uh something you might enjoy you should do it so that i can actually get the game um (laughs) (laughs) and also yeah vaughn you should definitely get uh slay the spire so as if you could actually think less of me after that Duel Masters question. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know nothing about Duel Masters. So. <laughs> I've been on the fence about purchasing Slay the Spires specifically because I kind of want to buy its physical release. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> and I don't want to buy it twice because I feel like I'm not going to get that into it. But I really want to pick it up on the Nintendo Switch because it seems, like, fun and mindless. Oh, it's a great – yeah, it's a great Nintendo Switch game. Like, it really is because the the – just the actual – and this is one of the reasons why I love this style or this genre – for the most part of this card game is that you can play this at such a slow pace if you want and really think about it or you can just fly through it and you really only have to be present in the moment for just that one you know couple of seconds where you're like okay this is what i'm going to do this is my move throw cards at whatever enemy and then you can go ahead and watch stuff and you know the characters are going to stay right there nothing's going to change it's like it's a great mindless kind of just half paying attention uh, you know, coming back to it back and forth kind of game. Nice. Speaking of not at all mindless, uh, what I've been playing this week, and this is specifically because I finally got my sweet, sweet Hollow Knight Collector's Edition. It is so nice. I rubbed it on my face and other parts <laughs> of my body. It was oh. great. Yes. Oh. I I mean, I'm not saying that you'll ever come to my apartment, but if you come to my apartment, don't touch my Hollow Knight stuff. <laughs> It may have touched me in some nether places, but it's pretty fantastic. And you'd be surprised. So it came with these awesome, like, four different lithographs for uh, Quirrell, the Hollow Knight, the Knight, and uh, Hornet. They're very, very cool, and they're, like, four by six. It is ridiculously hard to mm-hmm. find a four by six frame that has four different slots. I can find three. I can find two. I can find one, but finding one that has four in any store that exists just around me is like asking the moon of people. I don't understand. You know At this, uh, you know it's easily on Amazon. Yes, yeah, uh, you're gonna say I can pick it up on Amazon. I can, but I want it now. literally literally typing it in right now and finding it yeah there's an abundance of them on amazon but i'm a lazy bitch so because i got this hollow knight collector's edition i have been playing hollow knight again i'm like okay i need to buckle down i need to finish this game because however much i love hollow knight i have not actually finished it because i suck dick Mm. at video games and now i'm getting back into it i'm not caring if i die i'm like all right i'll get my geo some other place it doesn't matter i'm actually even thinking about 100 percenting it i'm thinking about it it's not gonna happen but i'm thinking about it josh dream big dream that's what's important and i'm heavily researching the endings of it so i can get the perfect ending (laughs) i want a specific ending because there's like five and i want one you big old and i also want another game where they let me play as Quirrell, but that's just a whole thing because he's my boy. I love him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm super excited for Silk Song. 
Me too. And speaking of Silksong, our first news story is over on Nintendo Life, and it is Team Cherry shares more Hollow Knight Silksong details, and it will launch when it's ready. Now, I'm going to say right now, before we even get into this stuff, okay, it's going to launch whenever it's ready. That's fantastic. I mean, I personally am a little hurt. I'm wounded. I, I'm i not quite dead, let's be real, but... <laughs> Like, I have a broken leg. You know what I mean? It hurts me to hear that this is just going to come out whenever. Not really, because I want them to take however long it needs to come. It needs to be great and that they don't kill themselves. That's fantastic. Um, There are some things in this article that I think are a little weird. Like, they really talk about how... uh, they're like, oh, yeah, and they actually talk about, I think it's right here. Uh, you can read the full blog. Nope, that's not what I wanted at all. Where is it? Oh, okay. So Team Cherry says uh, that Hornet will actually speak. Team Cherry says that though she isn't the type to speak at length, Hornet's not afraid to engage in conversation when necessary. And that is... uh, And that... What? And that this edition uh, has been a profound change for the sequel. So... I don't know who didn't expect this because she speaks in the first game. So, I mean, this could be like uh, there's a defense of it where you could say this could be a prequel. And this yeah. is when like Before she learns Hornet, how to talk. Yeah, it becomes her own. But what? <laughs> she can fucking talk, dude. Like, ha- why is that a thing? I mean, I understand because the knight in the first game does not speak, but it's also kind of because the lore of Hollow Knight and what surrounds it is kind of like the knight is not a person. It's not a sentient being. It was created for a specific purpose. It was thought to be defective. Another one was thought to be great, and then there's a whole thing. But, Mm. yeah, it makes sense that the knight does not talk. But Hornet speaks. It's a thing. She says a lot. Like, she talks to you frequently, so it's not that crazy. I mean, it's still just going to be like things, isn't it? Like, isn't that how they speak? Yeah, and she's <laughs> like, going to call you go like a little ghost, mm-hmm. and she's like, she's going to be like, I'm going to fuck you up, because constantly she's just trying to kill people. Like, the, the Hollow Knight Collector's Edition came with that awesome Kickstarter exclusive uh, Quirrell comic, but it was a physical comic. It's really small, though. It's a little weird. <laughs> um, but she actually, in that comic, attacks Quirrell. She just fucking attacks him and then just, like, talks shit to him. She's like, oh, okay, so you're not a wanderer. You're, like, a warrior. And he's like, I mean, like, I got a nail because people are trying to kill me like you just illustrated five seconds ago. So it's mm. kind of cool, though. I don't know I really shit like about Knight. the lore. I, I really just played the game because it was fun and challenging. <laughs> I so I didn't look at cool all into the lore. <laughs> Have you seen what happens when you get all the grubs? No. When you save them all? It's fucking It's terrifying. Also, the collector, fairly certain he's banging grubs. Like, mm. he's he's doing some sketchy shit. Because I've seen, like, videos where people go to the collector's, like, hideout kind of a thing. Mm. It's like, I believe it's in this tower? I'm not 100% certain. Um, but he is the person who actually jarred up all the grubs. He grabbed them all and jarred them all up. And people either think it's because, like, he's infatuated with them or some other reasons. Um but if you, like, sneak up on it, you don't actually go where he is, but you get close and just sit there for a while, you can hear some some grotesque stuff. Like, <laughs> you know where it came from. You know what I mean? You hear the, like... You heard Gross. it. Yeah. I don't like that. 
Yeah, it's it's some weird shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> but the lore of Hollow Knight is absolutely cool. The only thing I'm somewhat terrified of when it comes to Hollow Knight is Team Cherry kind of getting like sick of this world like them being like yeah we got hollow knight hollow knight six song now we're gonna move on to something else and there's so many loose ends in the lore of hollow knight that you're like but wait though what Mm, nope i'd be fine (laughs) shut your mouth big josh boy you know you want you want to know what happened to the pale king you know uh, yeah sure i totally do I mean, I mean, Roger and I want to know, so <laughs> naturally you do. Uh, you and Roger, always a good pair. Look, I don't care what they do. They're, like, the way that they've set up this game, I trust them with platformers, like, f- fighting-style games. It doesn't care what skin you put on it. Like, it'll be fun. But that being said, they've got Silk Song, and it's a totally brand-new game. It's totally brand-new mechanics, so I'm sure they'll still... Like, that's the thing about this is I don't... Yes, it's the same world, so to speak, but it's such a different area because it's doing that prequel style and because she's going through different areas than what was in the first. Like, the whole terrain of it looks much different. The mechanics to how you play this character, much different. Like, I don't know if they're going to get bored of this world's just from this because this is like an entirely new expansion to it um but yeah maybe they will yeah yeah i'm slightly terrified of it i I should preface all of this with saying they have not confirmed whether or not it is a prequel or a sequel i personally believe it is a sequel to hollow knight but with the way that some of the endings happen it's like kind of weird but it would be cool to like have in the in the original trailer it has um like hornet kind of being carried in this cage she kind of seems like a prisoner but then breaks out it would be cool to actually see um this be a sequel and i i don't know kind of like her trying to piece together how she was brought to a new kingdom because this is actually it doesn't take place in the original kingdom it's an entirely different place um so i'm very excited and also when you you brought up kind of like uh, the whole new like this is a whole new game and it's got whole new mechanics. I do like that they're kind of uh, making a lot of these mechanics similar to the original mm-hmm. where like uh, the knight originally used soul. Now Hornet uses silk to bind like her wounds. I think that's really cool. Instead of leaving like her shade, she leaves a cocoon. That is the only thing that I think is kind of weird because in Hollow Knight, just like, um, well, it's not just like in Dark Souls because you don't have to kill yourself, like mm-hmm. kill a previous version of yourself to get your shit back. But in Hollow Knight, you have to kill the shade to reclaim your geo. And in Silk Song, they have spoken about like the cocoon sits there. They haven't said whether or not you lose, like you you actually mm-hmm. lose your geo, you lose your currency or anything. But they have said that it's kind of like it's a good tactic there are tactical reasons to not actually break open your cocoon immediately because it gives you a full stock of silk so if you already have one breaking it open is kind of a waste so i'm wondering how that's going to work like resource wise Mm -hmm. yeah i wonder if that's also an accessibility thing of making bosses easier because you can keep you know an extra heal in an area after you've already failed a boss so to speak yeah i was thinking the same thing like it seems like they're trying to make it a little bit easier mm-hmm. which Maybe. is okay because i'm terrible at video games yeah i also think it's interesting how they they're doing an all or nothing for the heal rather than the way hollow knight worked how you had to kind of charge it up and you could heal like a 
was it was it it wasn't full right or was it full so you um your soul meter is a certain percentage it's like the circle and you would have to hold down circle for long enough to charge an entire like mask Mm -hmm. kind of a thing so but if you accidentally like let your finger off the button you could actually waste your soul right which is kind of hilarious yeah so this one is now (laughs) instead it's just an all or nothing and she uses three masks basically to heal up each time she does it i believe it says like you there are different ways you can heal i might be wrong Mm. um when you're carrying enough silk you'd be able to use uh horn is bind to heal much quicker than you were before heal three masks at a time and even heal while in the air so it seems like there are different actual ways you can heal i believe it's saying um the one while in the air but doing so will consume all of hornet's uh starting pool of silk it's all or nothing team cherry says so i believe possibly when she's in the air and you heal like that's when you lose all of it but it seems like you have like different Mm. variations of how much you can heal because you can heal faster you can heal three at a time you can heal in the air all of these things being different yeah i read that differently i I read it as you can do all those but they're always going to use all of your silk and only give you three masks but i might be wrong that's possible yeah i mean that could yeah, I could totally be right. I'm I'm not 100% sure, but I guess we'll find out when the game is actually done. But a game that is already out and apparently kicking some major ass is my friend Pedro. This next article is also on Nintendo Life. It is written by Ryan Craddock, which I should say, I believe Ryan also wrote the Hollow Knight Silk Song article because I think I forgot to say anything about it. This is <laughs> my friend Pedro clears 250,000 sales across Switch and PC in its opening week. Devolver Digital has revealed that its latest release, My Friend Pedro, has had a tremendous opening week on Switch and PC, selling more than 250,000 copies. Last week, the publisher revealed that the game had given its biggest launch to date on Switch without sharing any official figures. I This article is so weird because it says that without sharing any official figures. It says, now that we have a figure, though, <laughs> we can really start to put the success into perspective. Devolver Digital had previously boasted of Katana Zero's success after it sold 100,000 copies across Switch and PC in its first week in this April. Not bad at all. Um, and then it said to celebrate the occasion, a new behind the schemes video mm-hmm. has been shared on YouTube, introducing the one man dev team extraordinaire behind the game, Victor. Agrin or Agrin, something like that. It has a cool little thing above the A. I don't know how you do that on keyboards, if I'm being honest, but that is very cool. <laughs> it's usually like an alt. You like hold alt or something and press a couple of numbers and it'll do it. There's a Yeah, I've never learned how to do that. People have... It's so cool. <laughs> There's like languages where you specifically have to do that. I'm never going to learn another language because I don't know how to do that on my keyboard. <laughs> the true struggle. <laughs> so, have you played my friend pedro yet i have not no i haven't played it yet i wanted to talk about this just because we had uh mentioned it uh last week but i still haven't gotten a chance to actually play the game i just think it's super cool that this is doing so well and it's also pretty impressive like if katana zero only got a hundred thousand at that first part and this is 250 like that's so much more and i wouldn't have really expected that to be honest like I would have expected them to be much closer. 
I feel like, because I, I don't know, I feel like the hype was a lot bigger for Katana Zero when it came out, but maybe that was just because of the timing of it. I don't know. I feel like it might be the exact opposite because I didn't actually know much about Katana Zero until they showcased it during, like, I believe it was one of, like, Nintendo's directs based on Indies. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know about it till then, but my friend Pedro had been shown, like, several times. I guess that's true. I, hmm. I don't know. I just I felt like when it first came out, there was so much more going on. But maybe that's because my friend Pedro has come out so close to E3, which is also impressive because, like, you know, there's so much hype. It's easy to lose a game in the midst of it. Yeah, that's very true. I mean, we are kind of in like, I won't say we're in a drought right now because there are new games coming out every day that are fantastic, but it kind of came out at a nice time where it doesn't seem like there's many AAA games just waiting in the wings to be played. I believe the the closest one is like Wolfenstein Youngblood, and that doesn't even come out until the 26th. I mean, we've got some time though, you know what I'm saying? Dude. Oh my god, watching people eat shit in Mario Maker is the funniest thing on earth. Dude, I been... was watching Andy Cortez. Yeah, like, dude, play, I've been watching and Andy Cortez. Super pissed. <laughs> it's so fucking funny, dude. I love it. It's, it's <laughs> he really just good. keeps dying in like the same place. I love following people and then they post on Twitter their like rage reactions yeah. to being stuck in Mario Maker levels. They're like, I've been on this for 30 fucking minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking nuts. And those levels are really fucking hard. I beat my first super expert level the other day and it took me a long time. I was like, Jesus Christ, I don't know how people can get this good. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not gonna pick up Mario Maker. Uh, let's be honest, because Mario's an asshole. But <laughs> man, this weird fucking thing. <laughs> One day I will elaborate on my idea that Mario's an asshole, but not today. Whatever, man. It's a good game. It's a fucking good game. <laughs> anyway, but that's not what we're talking about. My friend Pedro, good fucking good for them. It's uh, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, this is amazing. I'm glad that Devolver is doing well. I'm glad that Dead Toast Entertainment released a massively successful game. What an interesting name. Yeah. I mean, it was one guy, so he didn't really have to, like, you know, like, bounce ideas off anybody. He's like, you know what, dude? Fucking Dead Toast. That's what I like. Yeah, why not? I don't know. I don't know how that works, but. Yeah. Yep. Well, when you're the boss, you make your own rules. You know what I'm saying? His game also features a sentient banana, so this guy might not have like all his marbles. You know what I mean? Like, or maybe he has too much. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Maybe he actually knows that not only are there lizard people on Earth that are controlling our government, but there is also sentient bananas doing the same. Mm, that was a pretty big jump, but I'll uh, I'll. It's a massive it. leap, massive leap in logic. <laughs> Speaking of massive leaps. Exactly. Thank you very much for that. Our next news story is over on IGN. It is written by Ryan McCaffrey, and it is Cuphead, the delicious last course DLC delayed until 2020 and new trailer released. Uh, In a press release, the team cited a desire to avoid unhealthy crunch. Uh, I totally skipped the first line, so I'm going to go back and actually read it. Mm, Uh, So developer Studio MDHR has announced that the upcoming DLC expansion for Cuphead uh, called Cuphead 
said the delicious last course has been delayed until 2020. In a press release, the team cited a desire to avoid the unhealthy crunch on a project that is all too common in the gaming industry, saying the development of the original game taught us a great deal about the importance of making things in a way that's healthy and sustainable for our team. It looks... Uh, oh, sorry. It uh, it also sounds like the DLC uh, simply needed more time in general. While we initially announced a 2019 release date for the Delicious Last Course expansion, Studio MDHR said, Our highest priority is making sure this new adventure meets the meticulous level of care and quality we always strive for. Well, be, uh, well, now that's wheel. Yeah, it's wheel. Well? That's, we will. Well, we will be moving the release of the Delicious Last Course for all platforms to 2020. They also dropped a new trailer for the expansion, which you can view below, which, I mean, if you want to go to the IGN article, sure you can. Or you could just look up, you know, Cuphead, the Delicious Last Course. Dude, mm-hmm. I'm going to elaborate on this later, obviously. But today is the day of legitimately shitty trailers, okay? <gasps> this is a garbage trailer. My goodness, it's How could so you? bad. How could you? Okay, so I'm I'm I'll, I'm gonna say something else about this. It's only bad because it's like 30 seconds. I had to watch literally half of I I had to watch 15 seconds of an ad to watch a 30 second trailer that showed like I don't know. 19 seconds of gameplay like 19 seconds, 19 seconds. I wasted like 19 seconds, seconds of, of my fucking life it's like nothing there is nothing in this fucking trailer dude <laughs> it's just like hey Miss Chalice is alive here's two bosses and go fuck yourself like that's it what more do you need I don't know that's a all you actual trailer that's all one you that's get, like maybe man. a minute they gotta push it back they've only worked on two bosses <laughs> That's true. It is very possible that the reason they push it back is because they worked too hard on this trailer and they actually didn't have any more than what was showcased in the trailer. That's it's, it's entirely possible. It's tough. I mean, this animation is pretty pretty extensive uh, work. It's pretty fantastic. And the fact that they have like this amazing soundtrack is great. I'm not shitting on Cuphead. Cuphead is awesome. Uh, little Cuphead Hollow Knight crossover a YouTuber that I love called Mossbag does Hollow Knight lore videos. And I found out like a couple days ago, and this obviously has nothing to do with the story we're talking nope, about, but I'm just going to talk about it anyway. Give Mossbag sweet shout out. Love your stuff. Good stuff right there. <laughs> um, but he has a video that's literally like five seconds. It's like, it's, it's probably just as long as this fucking gameplay trailer, dude. And it's like the lore of Cuphead explained and it has a devil and he's like, the devil. Why would you fuck with a guy that can literally shoot bullets out of his fucking hands? And then it ends. <laughs> that sounds about right. It's a great, it's a fantastic video. He makes some great videos. I really enjoy them. But yeah, Cuphead, the delicious uh, last course. How do you feel about it getting delayed? And also, how do you feel about the recent, uh, it seems like kind of a tidal wave of games getting delayed mm-hmm. and then the reason being to avoid crunch. Yeah, you know what's interesting is it's like, do you think it's because of actual crunch or are they just using or that they just because it? now it's like a, almost almost like, no, we're the good guys. Don't. I was actually going to ask you that. <clears throat> I was going to bring that up because I was like, okay, there is a legitimate 
uh, you could have legitimate arguments either way. Mm-hmm. Like there's the pessimistic argument that says that they might just be saying that because it's kind of like a get out of jail free card. Right. It's you can't exactly be mad at them because they're like, hey, we don't want to kill ourselves to make this game. Yeah. Don't but be then the asshole who says, no, fuck you, make my game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or like there's the other side that's like, yeah, no, they just like they. They wanted to make their game. They're not lying. They needed more time. So I don't know. How do you feel about that? Because there's a lot. Like every game, I swear. Yeah, it's it's been happening a lot. But I mean, I'm not going to be the one to say like, hey, I'm calling calling you out on this. Because I mean, I really don't know. I don't know the, the, the scheduling or anything inside of MDHR Studios. But one of the things about it is like, well, if you didn't want Crunch... You probably should have pushed it out later. You probably should have done something different with planning. Like, you should probably know a little bit more realistic on the expectations of your dev team and where things are going to roll out. But that being said, there's always complications that come up. It's hard, especially um, from my past. And in a lot of my companies, I've always worked in software. So I know that, like, things tend to be more complicated than you anticipate. And sometimes it's, you know, it's crappy and sometimes you find ways to get around it. But at the same time, uh, I'll say, you know, this wasn't going to eat me to death if I didn't get this right away. This is something that, although I do love Cuphead and I can't wait to play this, it's not like, it's not like I need this. Then again, you don't really need any any game specifically, but like, this isn't one of the ones that I had on my radar as like a a must play right away kind of a thing. Um, I definitely want to experience it, but I'd rather them push it out further. If it's, if that means I'm going to get either a more or B have these levels more polished because a game like cuphead really, you know, demands that kind of fine tuning because if this is a game that's not 100% on par with how it should feel, it's going to be terrible since everything is so, um, you know, one wrong move, you're dead kind of a feeling. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've i only played a little bit of Cuphead because, uh, once again, Beat all of it. bad at games. Come on, man. See, it's so good. and it, uh, It's so good. You got to play all the levels. It seems like you're really underestimating how bad Look, I am. Look, we video can play co-op. Josh. We can play co-op, and I could carry you. That's true. That does exist. I mean, as long as it's not like the stupid ass Monster Hunter World co-op, where for some reason, if your co-op partners die, then they use up your no, lives. No, 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 no. It's really cool, actually. The co-op, the co-op makes it easier than single, um, which uh, is a little. A little dumb, but if we're doing it this way, it would clearly be me just carrying you anyway, so it doesn't matter. But essentially what happens is whenever you lose all of your health, you turn into a little ghost, and then the person has to perform the pink kind of slap jump on you to bring you back. (laughs) The pink slap jump? (laughs) Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) That pink slap jump. <laughs> I don't uh, know why, but that just reminds me of the slap chop. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna love my nuts. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. It's it's a it's a super cool way to do it, and it it makes it so you just have like one life again, and it's good because if you suck at the game, like two people who suck at the game could still come back as long as they're timing their deaths properly. 
So I would like to say, like, there's some serious discrepancies between Cuphead looking awesome, Miss Chalice looking awesome, and Mugman looking like a goofy little turd. Like, I hate the way that Mugman looks. Really? Damn. (laughs) Yes. He looks so stupid. (laughs) What's your problem with mugs, man? I feel like it's the big nose, honestly. They had to differentiate him from Cuphead, so they gave him, like, these slightly different eyes in the biggest nose on Earth. I feel like that's what they had to do. Instead of just make him blue and give him a smaller straw. Yeah, I guess I never really paid attention to it much, but I only play it as Cuphead because I didn't play the, you know, when it came out again, the the newest patch. But yeah, I guess I never noticed how big his nose is. It's massive. (laughs) He looks like a mongoloid. What happened to him? But also he's a sentient cup, so. Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm not really throwing shade at a sentient cup. It's, uh, it's not, not advised. Mm-mm. Speaking of ill-advised things, this is in no way a good uh, segue, but our next and last news story <laughs> was, that we're going to I was like, where are you going to. with this one, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> it's written by Sal Romano. It is over on Gamatsu, and it is River City Girls launches September 5th for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Really? They didn't want to include the other 9 million places that it's releasing? That's, as out- <laughs> well, I mean, that's outrageous. The other places are all on your PC. It's just different areas that you can really get for your PC. Then why do they fucking need to say it later? River City Girls will launch digitally for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, PC via Steam, GOG, and Humble Bundle on September 5th. For $29.99, publisher and developer WayForward announced a physical edition will also be released via limited run games. Ooh. Are you excited about this game? We had briefly spoken about this before. I believe when they either teased River City, uh, yeah. River City Girls, or something like that. So, are you super stoked now that you see that these are cute little anime girls? No big <laughs> boobs, though. No, no big. Yeah. We're not getting those big anime titties in this one. This is strictly PG. I mean, with yeah, the exception it's very, of the excessive it, violence, it's very un uh, way forward. Because where's Shantae? You know what I'm saying? Where's those big anime boobies? Um, That's a good point. Yeah, I know. Where's the crab people? They're really diversifying themselves here. Um, But no, to be honest, though, it actually looks pretty pretty cool. Uh, I mentioned this when we first talked about it, like weeks ago, is that I said this would be something interesting to me if it had a very Scott Pilgrim Saves the World video game kind of vibe to it. that was like an Xbox 360 arc, like live arcade game that I, I think you can only get it if you had that now, and now it's just like gone forever. Um, but anyway, it's it has the same kind of look and feel to it, at least from what I've seen in the trailer of it, and it just looks like it would be you know a good time. It's a good beat 'em up co-op kind of game. Uh, I don't really care much about or know anything about the River City Girls, you know story to it but i believe this is a uh, sequel to river city ransom right yeah exactly i don't know anything about that storyline or anything about you know that type of world but it just looks like a fun game it looks like something i would you know just hop into and play with a couple buddies i I don't know how the co-op works if you can have more than one or whatnot let me see it looks like most of the time it's two people playing so maybe just co-op uh with two yeah it says the one or local two-player bare knuckle brawling 
Okay. So yeah. I believe it's only one to two players. Yeah, yeah, one, uh, yeah, one or two players. Okay, which is a little, uh, you know, upsetting. Just if you wanted a big group, but then again, it probably would become too hectic. So it makes sense with this style of game. Um, the one thing that's concerning is that it's thirty dollars. Um, I don't know how much is to this game, but these kind of brawling beat 'em ups generally don't catch my attention for that long so i don't know if i could justify 30 out the gate but uh we'll see we'll see maybe i wonder how much way of the pacifist was uh way of the pacifist because it's a 2d beat em up like kind of a brawler but instead of actually punching people you just deflect punches until you can really punch somebody mm. it was 14.99 it's actually only a dollar 49 holy shit oh, on this steam, steam summer sale, sale. Yeah, yeah, it's ninety percent off. Steam sales, man, they're they're great. They uh they make it so you can buy games. So I would just wait until the Steam summer summer uh, sale and uh, you know pick it up then. Yeah, maybe you'll get ninety percent off of River City Girls. Uh, I will say, however much I don't actually enjoy brawlers, I love the art of this game. Mm-hmm. This pixel mm-hmm. art looks amazing. You and that pixel art. I mean, initially, like, so we, when we initially spoke about this, they only had, like, one picture, and it looked, like, I enjoy pixel art, but it didn't look that good. It was just, like, mm-hmm. whatever, and I'm fairly certain that it wasn't actually of this game, yeah, and now that I see... Different. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was, like, an older game or something, but yeah, this this looks really, really snappy and very uh, quirky in its nature, and some of the like I like some of the background stuff. There's just like weird cheerleaders you're fighting. Like I don't understand anything about this storyline, but it seems like there's gonna be a large uh variety of wacky characters and all of this uh this kind of style. So I'm pretty sure this is something from a pixel art perspective or just from like an animation perspective that will be very appeasing to the eyes. Um so I I'm definitely looking forward to this and kinda how the actual critics feel about it yeah they're i mean hopefully they don't just shit on it but i guess i always hope that uh, games aren't getting shit on but you know what I, mean, I don't think so yeah this this game looks looks pretty good and it's it's gonna take a while to get here is this september 5th that's that's past my birthday i'll be oh. 24 years old by the time that games comes out oh you know you're a little young and yeah i'm, I'm 23 i'm 28 Oh well, well, you you could be my poppy. All you know right. what I mean? Come on, son. Let's play, <laughs> let's play that uh, River City Girls together. I don't know why I got this accent from being old. I think. Yep, that's so weird. <laughs> you immediately go like southern, like it's it a little know. odd. I think it was just because you called me pop, and I just I think of like someone calling pop to I don't know more of a southern dialect. I guess I, I don't know. I don't know. That's okay. that is a little. It's a little odd, but speaking of odd, this next transition is going to be real odd. Are you ready to get crammed, Big Josh boy? Cram, 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 cram. Alrighty, guys. Now we're hopping into news cram. This is where we just seriously go through at a breakneck pace of all the other indie games news stories that came out this week, and there mm-hmm. are a lot of them. Mind a lot it. of good ones, maybe, or uh, maybe I will, maybe I won't shit on them. You never know. Maybe know. we'll stop, just just do uh, like a drive-by, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, My neck is ready. <laughs> so first, over on IGN, we've got Terraria, Nintendo Switch release date set for this week. That's, I mean... It's got weird pickaxe animations. I'm all about those shitty pickaxe animations, you dude. No, you love it. 
You know what does have good animations though? Freaking other games. Play those. Don't oh. play Terraria. <laughs> wow. Good endorsement. <laughs> yeah, that didn't really go anywhere. Um, also on IGN, we got Bloodstained Ritual of the Night devs shifting resources to improve performance on Nintendo Switch. I sure hope so. <laughs> oh, no. Jesus. Uh, then we were over on Polygon. We got Xbox One game or Xbox Games with Gold for July Spotlights Inside Castle and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Just in case Bloodstained Ritual of the Night deleted your fucking save and now you want to play something else, you can play uh, Symphony of the Night. It's, you know, the game it's based off of. So, yeah. <laughs> You'll be getting the better deal. Yeah, just than... play that one first, and then once they patch the actual game, you can go back and play Bloodstained. I... <laughs> So I haven't seen anywhere that they've said they've actually been able to patch it. I'm fairly certain that they have, like, we talked about it last week, but I still think that they've just given up on it, and they're just like, yeah, you just got to, like, start over. Just start over. (laughs) Just start fresh, man. Just wait, you know, (laughs) wait a couple months when you forget what the game was, and then redo it, just like it never happened. It'll be like a whole new experience, whatever. (laughs) Just patch it right out of your brains. That's so depressing. Uh, also over on Polygon, we got Last Day of June is the Epic Game Store freebie uh, for the last week of June. What a weird what? sentence. The yeah. game is called Last Day of June. Yeah, I know. That just kind of threw me off. I was like, what? <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> I was like, what are you trying to tell me? All right, now we're over on Game Informer. What Remains of Edith Finch is coming to Nintendo Switch. Uh, now, Twinfinite, we've got Black Mesa Zen is now playable, but not complete. Looks really dope. Yeah, this is uh, Black Mesa is the Half-Life 2 remaster, no, right? I'm pretty sure it's the Half-Life, just regular Half-Life 1. Is it just Half-Life? Yeah. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I know it's Half-Life, but mm-hmm. I couldn't remember which Did one. Did you ever play the Half-Life series? No, huh? Derphead. <laughs> it looks weird. Uh, what? Uh, <laughs> it just looks fucking weird, it's a dude. Ca- it's a it's a classic, you monster. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> uh, right. Well, if you, I mean, I might play it. I mean, the summer, the summer, the summer Steam sale. It's like only seven bucks now, and normally it's like twenty if you want to get Black Mesa. Man, mm-hmm. I could play an unfinished game for seven dollars i mean honestly that's that's pretty good there's some triple a titles that aren't finished and they're making you pay 60 so he got me there (laughs) i definitely did pay 60 so yeah you you got bought anthem (laughs) you know the (laughs) uh our next story is over on nintendo life and it is luca born of a dream brings nightmares hack and slash action to switch this week then we also stay on Nintendo Life for a tactical top-down shooter. Police stories fires onto Switch this September. Then we got Kamiko has now sold more than two hundred and fifty thousand copies on the Nintendo Switch eShop. I, I am not surprised at that because they're like one of them. Always wow! Isn't that game like always on sale and always like a dollar? I don't know. I bought it for like three bucks. I think two bucks or yeah, something. I, I bought it like last week. I see it on sale constantly and i'm always like maybe i should get this it's only like a dollar or something but i just never do yeah i've yet to jump into it i got like i was playing ambitions of the slime and slimes i think it's plural and i uh (laughs) played some breath of the wild and now i'm just on that hollow knight train again dude Mm. i'm gonna beat it probably not but i'm gonna try to beat it you know i'm slowly throughout this podcast going like i'm i'm really my resolve is softening and I'm probably not going to beat it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Like four episodes from now, you'll be on something new. 
That's true. That's very true. Uh, the next news story in Newscram is pre-orders go live for three beautiful Switch Signature Edition releases. Mm-hmm. They do look quite beautiful. The I'm not going to buy them. Yeah, the Children Mortal one looks really, really good. But I don't know if they ship to the United States because Ooh. the like Merge is a UK-based company. This is also why I don't know. Like, this same reason is why I haven't purchased the Moonlighter Signature Edition because I don't know if they'll ship it to the United States or if they'll make me pay like 30 bucks mm-hmm. or something for shipping. So I guess I could always find out by, you know, just clicking add to cart, but... Eh, that no, sounds like yeah. way too much work. That it does. Uh, you know what doesn't uh, d- need a lot of work is uh, the next news story. It's also on Nintendo Life. It's get four games in one when Mighty Switch Force Collection arrives on the eShop this July. Don't know how... I mean, I don't know if it needs more work, but I already said it, so I guess <laughs> I'm sticking with work. it. more work. I don't know. I haven't tried it. <laughs> we'll find out soon. <laughs> Then we've got Get Tactical in Stealthy when Alder's Blood drops on the Switch later this year. Uh, Special Reserve Games has delayed the physical release of The Messenger. I mean, that's not surprising. It seems like every physical release is getting delayed. Like, my Hollow Knight got delayed. My Celeste is delayed indefinitely. Um, Yeah. Look, uh, as long as I get my Messenger DLC, I don't care. Yeah, you're cool. You've only got like, uh, what is it, eight got, days? Yeah, only a few days, man. July. Uh, yeah, July big 11th. boy. I'm ready. I'm ready to play. You know what? I've got eight days till. Ooh, that sweet, sweet Eagle Island till I get to throw some amazing <laughs> owl babies. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll both report back. Sounds fantastic. Then we've got Bad Norse Jotun Edition uh, expansion. What the fuck? Jotun Edition expansion. Looks set to arrive on the 24th of July. Am I reading that wrong or is that just weird? Uh, well, it's the game Bad North, their Jotun or whatever, however you say that, edition. Uh, their expansion is looking to arrive on July 24th. It's just a really convoluted way of writing this. This just sounds weird. Uh, then we got Studio Trigger is handling the opening animation for Shantae 5. Speaking of... Yeah, of see, way forward. fat boobied uh she's a genie did you right say fat boobied yeah i did i said fat boobied i don't know why <laughs> i like straight from saying titty that time yeah i don't know fat, <laughs> fat bo- <laughs> i can't even all right yeah yeah let's 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 roll with it fat <laughs> so uh if you're listening to this on friday which you should be then you can now probably maybe i don't know go pre-order <laughs> the transistor collector's editions that are over on limited run games our next news story is about that specifically it is limited run pre-orders for the engaging action rpg transistor go live this friday and cool. the last of all news stories within News Cram, this one is really puckers my butthole, Josh. Ooh. And it is Celeste creator Matt Thornson shares series of Super Mario Maker 2 levels. Hey, Matt, you know what you should be making? Fucking your <laughs> DLC, dude. <laughs> Make your fucking DLC so I can get my damn game. Jesus Christ. I mean, I will say I've uh, I've seen his levels and they actually look pretty good. Yeah, that's not surprising. He makes fantastic levels, but how about you make the levels in your damn game? Nah, man. Just keep making content for this game. I bought this game. Well, actually, I bought both. I guess you could do both. You know what? Uh, I'm okay with either. 
<laughs> oh, know. thanks. You're finally on my side. I'm really flip-flopping. I don't know. I just... I, <laughs> I'm really on the Mario Maker 2 hype train, though. It's just so good. And the fact that it's never-ending content. Never-ending. That is pretty amazing. I would say you're quite blessed never with never-ending content. Uh, and we have, of course, been blessed with so many amazing indie game news stories today that I think it's about time we give back to the creators in our next segment, God Bless the Crowd. This is where the big Josh boy goes in. He dives deep. He submerges himself in the filth that is Kickstarter and other, uh, what are they, <laughs> crowdfunding sites, because <laughs> I always forget what they're called. Big Kickstarter. <laughs> We go through yes. pretty much those three most of the time. He he spelunks. He cave dives. He does all the amazing stuff to find some great indie games over on them there. Crowdfunding sites for us to talk about. Today, we've got two, and they got bad trailers, I'm telling you right now. We got Mysteria Occult Shadows. It is a 3D adventure game with fantastic battles under a dark fairy tale featuring girls in fluffy ears. And then we've got Grobe Robe. All right. No, Grobe Road. Road. Yeah, playing as stretchy aliens whose main job is to make a mess. So let's talk about Mysteria and how bad its trailer is. Uh, It is just like anime fighting the whole time. Yeah, I really didn't. No story. I really didn't understand what this game was from the trailer. I had to go through the entire Kickstarter to find very small weird like gif images of the actual gameplay and i was like oh this is terrible quality but i mean honestly that's kind of my issue with both of these is that i have to delve deep into their kickstarters to find out what the fuck their game is yeah i mean i will say i would lean more towards one than the other as something yeah is it this one because celeste has got some big anime titties Uh, celeste (laughs) yeah that's one of the characters in this mysterious game i was like what i was like we were just talking about celeste uh celeste does have some pretty big titties so (laughs) some might call her fat boobied (laughs) (laughs) so i have swayed you to the fat booby train (laughs) <laughs> oh man just the thought of a fat booby train anyway <laughs> um yeah no uh so it actually <laughs> no. looks pretty cool though it it's very it reminds me a lot of um kind of it's weird to to say it's kind of a mix of bayonetta and um like dynasty warriors from what I've seen in those GIF images, um, it's all uh, it's all combo based of essentially constantly attacking enemies. It's very 3D kind of adventure slasher. It looks like a scythe for most of these characters, although I can't really tell because the images are so tiny. Um, yeah, deal scythe, spirit sword, shadow dual blades. Like it looks like because you're ha- you have different characters or different weapons, maybe there will be a lot of unique combos that you can do in this. But it does look very just three D anime kind of looking characters fighting these weird demons and going through hack and slash uh, style. Um, if that's your thing, like this is the game for you. Uh, if it's not, I don't think this is going to sway anyone to get into the hack and slash style genre. 
what's so weird is like normally video is what gets me to enjoy your game to be like anywhere enticed by your game right. but the video just completely off put me from this game but while looking at like the pictures i'm like man this game actually looks kind of cool yeah that's the thing is there they just marketed this in a bad way which i don't um i'm not surprised since this seems to be is this solo dev i think this uh is, yeah, yeah it's a 19 year old girl yeah she's who's a, 19 -year -old a junior, junior in, college. in college solo dev who's working on this which i'm sure there's other people helping her with assets and whatnot but like i'm not surprised that someone that young is going to have you know not the highest quality kickstarter page um just from a marketing perspective because she's obviously more focused on the game itself i'm sure which is a good thing which is a good I thing i should say uh yeah which is a good thing it's not i'm not trying to knock her at all for you know being inexperienced to this this is obviously one of her first kind of jumps into something like this so good on her for going through this and trying to get you know money to support herself um but that being said, yeah, there's a lot of room for improvement in the way that she's showing this off. Um, but, you know, even to that point, she's still made already 9500 excuse me, dollars, and her goal was only 6000 So she's met her goal, which it seems like, you know, that's what she needed. That's what is going to take her to the next stage of this game. So there's no risk at this point and she did get what she wanted but i feel like this definitely could have been something that took off a lot more or at least you know at, at more of a higher um i guess just rate just because there's still 26 days left to go and they've made you know or she's made 9, they've 000. made their goals yeah, so now they, it's just they've gravy made their goal and plus that but you know, I feel like when you, you're talking about, like, the anime titty kind of genre, there's a lot of weird people out there who are all about this, regardless of what the game is. So I feel like she could have been making, you know, subverse money. Yeah, that's very true. It is actually three people, it seems. Okay. There is uh, Final Unreality Cat, which is the girl that we've been talking about. Then there's uh, Sashihara, Sashihara, maybe, Uh she oh, yeah, Isia, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe yeah and then there's jx master which is the script writer right. uh so three different people working on this game i mean the still images look good the trailer does not some of the animations look legitimately laughable in this trailer but something i really really enjoy about this kickstarter is actually like i believe somewhat of a detriment is actually how it's so simple um so you, it's only got like three or four tiers that's it mm -hmm. like they they obviously like every other kickstarter could have done eighty thousand tiers but they instead were like hey we've got four tiers they're all somewhat affordable mm -hmm. like the game itself only costs ten dollars that's pretty sweet. Yeah. And then you can get additional like digital stuff. Mm -hmm. They they're not even offering physical stuff because I'm assuming they know they can't do that and like you said these guys seem to be devoted to actually creating the game uh -huh. versus doing anything like anything with marketing. Yeah, they don't have like you look at exactly the the people who are on this. You have someone who's a producer, supervisor, gameplay chief programmer. They're all wearing those same hats. That's an enormous amount of work to take on all at once. Then you have a tool chain programmer, CTO, and merch supervisor. That is a weird one to 
clump together as well. Uh, and then you have a scriptwriter who's literally just doing digital media and specializing in creating the story for the game. You have no one here who's really like the main person of actually doing anything from a media perspective, or at least that's being advertised as that. Um, and for that reason, it's most likely that, you know, they're focusing on just trying to get this Kickstarter as saying, here is this game we're trying to make. And then from there, they'll probably learn as they go, which is fine. I mean, that's, that's how you have to learn. You have to get better at it, but they definitely could benefit from someone who's focused on that. Um, and I think one of the things that is very telling is their, their tiers, like you mentioned, there isn't any physical things, which I'm not... Uh, honestly, I don't think it hurts them, so to speak, uh, in a way of like, they definitely would lose a lot of money because they'd have to find people and find companies that they could outsource that to anyway. Um, but at the same time, yeah, it does make the tiering system. There's not like, they can't make a ton of money because there's no one who's going to give them that $2,000 tier kind of reward. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of sad. I do love about this that, like, they know what this game is, seemingly, how they they say, like, meet the waifus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this game gave me Subverse flashbacks because the same thing happened to me with Subverse where I was, like, I was looking at it and I was like, this looks interesting. And then I got to, like, the part where they were showing, like, the, the women and I was like, is this a, is this a, is this a porn game? I was like, this isn't a porn game. There's no way that would be a thing. And then I was like, oh, no, it definitely is. And I thought this was going to happen with this one, but then I was like, oh, no. No, it's a regular game. They're just they're, they're pushing that, you know, uh, pin-up girls kind of look to it. Which I totally, like, that's awesome. Go for it. <laughs> I'm glad that they're like, in. if there's a way that marketing succeeded, it is saying waifus and such they they know what's up but i think it's about time we hop over to grobe road oh jeez this game they're trying to get eight thousand eight hundred thirteen dollars they currently have 148 dollars with eight backers and 53 days to go i do not think there is a world in which this game gets backed because what the fuck is this game the trailer has so much gameplay literally nothing else and that gameplay showcases nothing nothing i watched it and i was like is this just like a worm is what and then you go down and you're like oh okay you read you actually go down and read the game description and you realize oh it's donut county but with a worm man what yeah i was thinking katamari damacy i was also thinking that it kind of reminds me of katamari but still like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I will say, like, this is one of the things. Essentially, what this game is, it's a very Katamari Damacy style. Like, you show up in a world, you're essentially these two aliens that are kind of, like, stuck together called Grobe and Road. And your whole purpose is to basically take all of the random elements that are on the platform or the world that you've spawned in and push them off. So, kind of just, like, throwing stuff to the side and off the world and apparently when you do that your character becomes bigger the more you do that and then you're on a timer basically so very katamari damacy-esque like i mentioned um but it just it, this game seems to me like it could have a lot of potential to be fun to be very like those two games we've described but it just feels so 
just from watching the trailer anyway, so slow because of how it's like it looks like it's going to be very clunky. It, yeah, at times in the trailer, they're not moving. Yeah, I don't. Or they're moving like very small amounts. I don't understand the growth mechanic to it because they say in the the description that as you start pushing things off, you get bigger. But then like it never showed that. And instead it would just be the characters growing ridiculous sizes for no apparent reason. Like, I don't know. Yeah, if just randomly. Yeah, they like, just puff up like a puffer fish. I don't know if there's like a button that like does that or something. Like it's very very up in the air as to what this game really is um but at its simplest you're just a worm that pushes things off of an edge which i mean you have to wonder if that's even its simplest because there's three unique game modes what are they though like okay so they're supposedly like the game uh will have 15 unique levels with three different game modes these modes are clean up push as many objects off the stage as you can make a mess push as many objects onto the floor of the stage as you can careful pushing try to push one specific object off the stage without knocking off additional objects so yeah what very katamari it's it's exactly like katamari had different modes where some of the levels would make you roll up to a certain size some would make you uh only collect one specific item like there's gonna be these little like objectives that they push into it to kind of make it more challenging because it'll be a world that has so much stuff in it but there's one little area like one little thing that you have to collect and try to wiggle your way to get that out of everything else like there's potential for this to be fun uh it just it looks so slow though to me right now yeah that's very true it looks slow it looks weird it just i don't know it just doesn't look fun. I feel like the difference between this and like Katamari, Donut County, just kind of like weird, just weird gameplay concepts is these other games look fun. This game looks like wobbly and weird. And I don't even like at times it, it looks like just nobody's playing. It's just sitting there. <laughs> All right, okay. What though? Like, should I want to play your game after watching this? Like, ludicrous ludicrous trailer i don't know i I don't get it i don't know i mean that's another thing is like this game in its entirety seems and i want to be careful about this it seems simplistic from a gameplay perspective and the fact that you're really the the main thing that's happening here is assets are created onto the level they're generated and then the point is for you to wiggle around so there just needs to be a type of physics-based element added to the game that being said i don't know nothing about game development this could be bonkers off the wall hard to do but it just doesn't seem like it in comparison to other games and i feel like eight thousand seems like a lot for what has been shown like i really don't know where like let me see i don't know i'm trying to see where they talk about the money is getting put into and it doesn't i don't know their stretch goals are pretty fucking weird they don't really have anything (laughs) on that so it's a little strange um but uh four player i mean they also do have like their uh uh, mysteria and grobe road have like no 
they don't really have any tiers. Grobrove has like five or six tiers. Mm-hmm. One of them being like there's two of them, uh, three days to go, limited six out of ten. So that's like design a character, which I didn't know that you could actually limit these based on the amount of days. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, and then there's the, the highest one, which there's five left of five, and it's to design a level. Yeah. Which you know that's going to be shaped like a penis. Let's be real. <laughs> if I paid you $127, I'm putting a dick in your game, hands down. I mean, they got to do it. It's $127. <laughs> yeah, I dick. paid you 127 bucks. You better let me put my fat dick in this game. <laughs> that is one way to talk to them. Uh, well, I mean, I really hope they hit that $100,000 euro uh, stretch goal to have a two-hour feature-length live-action movie about the struggle yeah. of Robe and Road as they are trapped together in the post-apocalyptic future of 20XX. A watch as they do battle with pirates, mutants, and mutants, pirates, and it's, like, cut off. Yeah. <laughs> I, bel- I mean, I think that's part of the joke, but still, that's weird. <laughs> I, uh, I love this concept. I just don't know if it was executed properly. Yes, that is very true, but it seems like this conversation is about to wind down, so how about we just wind down the podcast in general and go into our last segment. This is where Josh and I talk about something chill, something cool, almost never get annoyed about dumb shit that happens in the gaming industry on a weekly basis. This week, I want to talk to you guys, the audience, and the big Josh boy, of course, about Sony talking about the PlayStation 5's kind of reliance shifting, um, I guess Yes, they never actually relied on indies, but they're like focus shifting from yeah. Them their focus shifting from independent games to more like AAA exclusives, uh, just large, bigger budget games. They want to be known for larger budget games and less for indies, so they won't like. uh, They went on record saying. they're not targeting indie or small developers as resources are limited. Uh, case in point, Sony is not planning to showcase independent developers at this year's Tokyo Game Show, which it has done in previous years. So I want to know, and I feel like it's also kind of weird that they, they also said um, one of the officials explained that Sony believes people will buy the next console for high-quality exclusives rather than small games already available on mobile. When they say on mobile, are they talking about the Switch and calling it mobile? Or are they just saying that like all indie games exist on your phone? Because that's a little weird. I think... Uh, I don't really understand that. I think they are probably referencing the Switch. And this is kind of what... So my my take on this is um, I think it makes sense. Uh, as, as a person who's doing an indie podcast and who's a big advocate for indies, it's not like I want them to not be represented. But you have to put your... Sh- like, take a look at where PlayStation is at and where the concept of consoles is going specifically from a graphic and just a processor perspective, there's a lot of games from an indie standpoint that are not going to heavily utilize what the PS5 and you know the, the new Xbox, whatever it is, are going to be able to handle or you know kind of showcase from why you should have that console. So the reason why PC works where indies can be whatever is because it was easily sourced there and because most people who have PCs were generally into playing, you know, all types of game, even not just high graphic fidelity kind of style games. Um, with PlayStation and with 
Xbox back in the day, it made more sense because they were kind of on par with what was graphically uh, manageable for that time for them to be into indies. And I think that's why Nintendo is really good from an indie perspective is one, because of the portability of it, which just makes it amazing. But two, because from a graphic standpoint, the Nintendo Switch is pretty on par with anything that you would see from an indie perspective. Whereas PlayStation's obvious next step is going to be the we can be bigger and better than we've ever been before from a power standpoint. And I think what PlayStation needs to do at this point to compete in the market, especially when you're getting into the kind of mindset where people like Google Stadia are coming into play, where you can say, oh, you can have your games anywhere you want kind of a thing. You instead want to focus less on saying that you can play all of these games because that seems to be what a lot of competitors are trying to push for. And instead you want to say, well, you can only play these awesome PlayStation games here. And this is why we're the best console because we can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I understand the the idea that... Uh, I, I really understand the viewpoint that kind of the the rhetoric the the talk about consoles is that they're getting bigger and brighter people want games to seem more realistic they want AAA experiences and i understand why sony would say that now it's not that they're not going to have indies they're of course going to have them on their platforms just they just focusing. aren't going to do a lot to showcase them yeah yeah they're they're not bringing them they're not like bringing them to tokyo game show they're not doing all sorts of other stuff i understand that um but I I don't know. I feel a little weird about it, mostly just because Sony has relied on indies in the past, and it seems like now that they don't necessarily need them because they are in a stable place, whereas versus the P... Like, back in the PS3 days, they needed them because they needed a reason for people to buy the console. Right. So I feel like now it seems like they're kind of sweeping them under the rug because they don't need them, but of course, I don't think that's what they're doing. They're just trying to change the... They're trying to control the message about their console, yeah. which is that it is a powerful console that they put like powerful experiences on. Not saying that indie games couldn't be those, but they're generally technically just not that like visually impressive. Yeah, you know and what I mean. Not like realistic. Yeah, and that's not to say that there aren't amazing indie games that have crazy graphics because there are. But generally, from a budget standpoint, realistically, you're not going to get every single one of the indie games that comes out to have that same kind of, you know, framework that a AAA studio would have. And I think it's really, it's the, it's what you mentioned. It's the actual image. It's their presence in the market. They want to be renowned as that specific, we do amazing, crazy, powerful games uh, that are only specific to our very powerful console. And if you want them, you have to get our console. And and it becomes, you know, a real a, a real struggle going into where uh, cloud-based gaming is kind of sweeping the market now. Um, obviously, this is very early into it becoming a thing, but that's where you can see there's, you know, there's going to be a jut between different audience of saying, I want to see the highest powerful, you know, best graphics versus the people who want to, I want to have it all cloud-based and be able to play it whenever I want kind of a thing, you know, and stream these games rather than have to use that specific console. So I think it makes sense. I think from a marketing perspective, they're definitely pushing in the right direction that they need to go. Um, At least 
you know, with how they've presented themselves in the past. I do think it does burn them if they stumble down the road. And I think, you know, we can obviously tell that there's some cases where they might be not really burning their bridges, but if they're in a rut, kind of PlayStation 3-esque, it'll be harder for them to come back, I think. Um, But they're at the top of the game right now, and I feel like they can make those type of choices to try and continue pushing that, you know, well-named brand. Yeah, this might also just be me kind of feeling, I, I don't know, kind of coming up with my own story behind this. But when you think about the, the like the big picture of indie games right now, PlayStation is not really where you think about indie games. Oh, you yeah, think no, about indie sure. games on the Nintendo Switch, Switch, and it's because like indie games have marketed themselves that way. Yeah. They have like come to the Switch. Every like news stories we've seen is that indie games sell so much more on the Nintendo Switch. So in my head, this kind of seems like Sony being like the jealous boyfriend <laughs> that like comes up and like tells a bunch of people that like, oh yeah, no, I dumped her. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, dude, it was all me. Like, uh, just, she didn't do nothing to me. And when in reality, it's the exact opposite. I, I don't know. That's probably not realistically what happens. <laughs> I don't think but, so, but in maybe. my head, that's what's happening yeah. right now. I mean, that very well could be it. I don't know. I mean, regardless, it doesn't matter. But I mean, to your point, yeah, indies are definitely pushing towards the Nintendo Switch anyway. So I think it makes sense for them to not try to lay, you know, their foundation in an area that's not fully theirs right now um but you know it's it's just kind of a kind of a thing that i i feel like we should have known would happen i mean playstation has been dipping out from everyone other than themselves lately so it it just makes sense yeah, it seems like uh, Sony and PlayStation are kind of doing the opposite that everyone else is doing, yeah. where they're kind of focusing on their own like AAA experiences. They're focusing on what they've made. They're kind of being like isolationists mm-hmm. versus like Microsoft doesn't really have like things that they can necessarily brag about, but they are showcasing like indie games right now. They're making it apparent that hey. We have these indie games that were only on PC beforehand, and now we have them on Xbox Games Pass. Yeah. They have that, and then there's, of course, Nintendo. He literally does showcases specifically about indie games. Yeah. So they're like, hey, we've got indie games. And Sony's like, dude, we've got fucking God of War. I know. Like, Where's that? Uh, so, I mean, because you got in indies. Where's like the state of state of indie? I don't know. It just doesn't, yeah. it doesn't roll off the tongue as well. That's why they can't do it. That's very true. Yeah, it has nothing to do with jealousy or money or yeah, really representation at all. It's just the fact that they can't figure out what word to use. Pretty much. I mean, I don't know. It. <laughs> that's true. I am as well. I think that's a good place to end this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys liked it, make sure you, uh, I don't know, write a review, like it wherever you're listening to it. Just follow us in general. You could buy a t-shirt, which, yeah, they're pretty cool. yeah they're pretty freaking cool. It's got my face on it. Got Josh's face on it. I it's would say banger. that they're bangers, but I won't it's a, because no. It's a, yes, it's a banger of a shirt. Yeah, yeah. literally. Yeah, <laughs> and it's great. Uh, yeah, you guys can pick those up. You can go to uh, parallaxmedia.one, click the merch tab, and you guys can pick those up. Or, of course, you can just go to Teespring, look up the Parallax 
Media merch, I believe, or Parallax Media Store, and you can find them there. You got the Ghost of Von Hyde shirt, you got the It's a Banger shirt, it's got me and Josh on there, and you got the Parallax Media shirt. Super awesome, super great. You guys can follow the podcast at IndiePod on Twitter. You can follow me at Hyde Legion, and you can follow Josh at the underscore George 90. So I do have to say something real quick. Okay. I have thought for a while and i'm waiting for the day where you and i have such a disagreement about something that we can make a bet a bet that is so intense okay Okay. like a world-changing bet where in the end you have to change from the underscore josh 90 to the big josh boy (laughs) that is i'm crossing my fingers for the day when you have to change your twitter handle to the big josh boy i mean that's what's going to happen so be prepared. Oh, no. If a bet ever comes up, I gotta know my. Shit. I'm not only going to win. <laughs> you are going to be the big Josh boy. Oh no, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not even going to make bets yeah, for the rest of my never. life. I will not make bets. Never, never making a bet with you. <laughs> That's just rude. I don't know why you hate me so much. I don't know why you hate the big. Why, think, are, you, why are you scoring the big Josh boy, dude? I think we know. I think we both know. <laughs> we know the answer. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, That's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.